0: 2014 will go down as the warmest year around the globe in recorded history.
1: 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every
0: continent. The rate is of great concern. And what do you so. that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Hello and welcome to this special climactic bonus episode. On the phone with me right now is Harry Jennings. Harry, uh, you're a doctor, is that right? Yep. That's good. (laughs) That's why I'm talking to you. That makes sense. Which hospital are you at?
1: No, it's not the Tourette
0: clinic. Today we're going to talk a little bit about COVID-19, but not about sort of the, the do's and don'ts. There's great resources out there, and this is not an episode about medical advice about how to handle the pandemic. Instead, it's sort of about Harry's other hat that he wears of a climate activist and a member of the climate community about how to think about following best practice during a pandemic while still remaining active in the climate community.
1: Yes, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and its bearing on climate activism, I suppose, from a health perspective.
0: So I guess at a high level, uh, do, do we want to maybe start by giving like, the state of play at the moment on, uh, now we're on Wednesday the 18th of March. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's going on, I guess, within the context we're both in of, of Victoria? Yeah,
1: so um,
0: in Victoria, I mean, I'm fortunate in that
1: um, as a GP trainee, I get updates from the College of GPs, and I'm also I can also keep an eye out on the Department of Health and Human Services Victoria website, which is really good for updates. Um, it seems that I think there's just over 90 cases of COVID-19 in Victoria now, although um, very few, if any, of those are community transmission, i.e., caught within Victoria. The vast majority would have been people who caught it interstate or overseas and then have been diagnosed and treated here um so we are certainly faring we're more fortunate than new south wales at the moment their cases numbers are at least double The last time i checked um but the um i think the victorian government um and the chief health officer here have been quite proactive in recommending social isolation precautions um to minimize transition and flatten the curve which i think is really good so um it's now a state of emergency in victoria um On Monday, it was um, the chief health officer, uh, you know, exercised new powers prohibiting people um, from gathering in numbers greater than 500. I think that might have now been tightened even to 100. Um, But essentially there are um, emergency powers being used um, to make it an offence to um, act against recommendations to self-isolate if one is suspected or confirmed as having the virus, COVID-19, or to hold gatherings um, beyond a certain size.
0: Understood. So it's not a question so much of uh, exercising caution by cancelling events, but a matter of actually, if you went ahead with an event, you'd be potentially breaking the law and potentially uh, fines or, or other punishment.
1: That's correct. Well, both, really. As, a, as Like, it's good to be mindful and do what we can to reduce the transmission, but it's also worth bearing in mind that the state has now um, legislated powers to punish people who transgress those new uh, precautions.
0: mm so undoubtedly, of course, COVID-19 is a crisis and is a pandemic, and, and we are under a, a state of health emergency during that. But of course, uh, you and I, Harry, and everyone listening to this know that we're also in a another broader crisis of the, the climate crisis. Um, yeah. So how has your thinking in the last sort of two weeks and then one week and then today How is your thinking about how we maintain pressure in terms of the climate crisis and and demanding action from the Victorian government uh, kind of evolved along with COVID? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And it's also
1: interesting that the Victorian government, um, they probably didn't plan this at all because COVID-19 has come You know, rapidly throughout the world. But um, they did announce yesterday uh, that they were lifting the moratorium on exploration of onshore gas in Victoria, which is a real disappointment because it um, means that uh, gas companies can now um, start exploring again for fossil fuels that will probably tip us way beyond um, the climate the carbon budget that we need to stay within 1.5 degrees of warming Um, so even while we're seeing very concerning um, effects of COVID-19 worldwide um, the climate crisis is continuing and um, policy regarding climate crisis is still being enacted so I think it's important for anyone who cares about this topic to still do what they can to address the climate crisis but the way that we do that has to be probably drastically um, altered by the appropriate restrictions that we're under at the moment as a result of COVID-19. So I think the most evident example is that um, recently the school climate strikes, which were intended for May this year, have been cancelled. I think the organisers are working to provide an alternative means of demonstrating because we can't at the moment use mass gatherings to show our political concerns, we have to find other ways to do that. Media that you can create yourself at home or um, in very small groups, I'd say, Um, and then then uploading that and sort of getting active on social media and targeting decision makers who are still making decisions that are relevant to climate change. Um, And a really good example of that was yesterday um, when the Andrews government lifted the moratorium on onshore gas exploration. Friends of the Earth did a snap action online and encouraged a lot of community members to show their concern about the Andrews government's decision to do that. And a lot of people got online and tagged um, Not Happy Dan and um, Daniel Andrews to show their displeasure of that decision. So I think that's a really good example of how we can Mm -hmm. still be effective um, in the age of uh, social isolation precautions as a result of COVID-19. And I encourage people to check out the Friends of the Earth website and social media accounts for more detail on how that was done.
0: Yeah, very well said, Harry. Uh, The photo for this episode is actually going to be my photo I took yesterday, part of that not happy Dan sort of flash action. And you will find a link to the Friends of the Earth page where you can take part in that in the show notes to this episode. I know you understand, of course, how how serious climate emergency is. Now, what would you say to someone who says the climate crisis is is too important and it's too big? to take the the foot off the gas, we still want to go out, we still want to strike, we, we still want to assemble. What would you kind of say in response to that? Yeah,
1: well, that's a good question. I haven't heard anyone really protesting that they should still continue with mass gatherings or any other kind of really large public demonstration, because I think the people I know in the climate movement tend to have a healthy respect for science, and then they often are taking action to prevent the spread of COVID-19 even before the government has um, enacted precautions. Um, So I don't hear a lot of that, but I think if anyone felt that way, then I would encourage them not to proceed because, firstly, because it could risk um, transmission of the virus and people's health, but also because I think in the current environment where all the media is quite reasonably focused on COVID-19 and people are very concerned about the effect that can have on themselves and their families, I think action that flies in the face of those kinds of recommendations is probably not going to receive much public favour. So I think right now, I mean, I'm speaking in Victoria, where the cases are increasing rapidly, but we're still at the start of our experience of the pandemic. I think from a point of view of trying to continue raising public consciousness about the climate crisis, we probably have to Kind of respect the COVID nineteen dominance of the media at the moment. Like, just do what we can to support the entire community in their response to COVID nineteen, which includes using social isolation precautions ourselves, so that then we can eventually see the incidence of COVID nineteen notifications flatten and decrease over time. I don't know how long that will take. I'm not a public health doctor, um, but I think it would be weeks to months. And during that time, I think it's useful for us to do what we can to support people who are grappling with this crisis. And then once there is room, then we can start talking again about the broader crisis that we all have to address together. One of the important principles, I think, in community organizing and campaigning is that if you help someone with their issue, they are then probably going to be more interested in helping you with your issue. So at a time when people are really concerned about something completely different, in this case, COVID-19, I think it's appropriate for us to you know, do what we can to help address that concern and keep people safe. There will be time later to try and focus everyone's attention once more on the climate crisis, but I don't think it is that time
0: right now. Very well said, Harry. Really good advice on what we can do productively with this time. And yeah, very, just very wise points about how this is a time of of community solidarity and uh, it would be kind of foolish to to fight a completely justifiable public interest in, in the virus kind of to the exclusion of most else. So thank you so much for jumping on this call with me at such short notice uh, for giving us an update here on kind of how to think about respecting the social isolation and kind of the the pandemic uh, responses. Uh, both within Victoria and, and more broadly within Australia. Thank you very much for that, Harry. No worries, Mark. Good to
1: chat. Um, we'll have to watch
0: this space. Wonderful.
1: I coordinate a group called Healthy Futures, which is an affiliate group of Friends of the Earth Australia, um, aimed at organising health professionals um, and other community members to take action on climate change, pollution, and other environmental determinants of health. Um, So if anyone's interested in that, please check out www.healthyfutures.net.au. We're an affiliate group of Friends of the Earth Australia and support their other campaigns.
0: Thank you very much, Harry. I'll let you get back to it. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times.